We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. We welcome your ears. It's the people who are vaccinated that seem to be far more fearful or concerned. And I understand some of the reasons why as well. But there's a certain irony in that because the whole purpose of vaccination is to protect you. Sure. I mean, look, at when the vaccines were promised, what went along with that promise was an escape from, mm -hmm. here's the word escape, escape from the lockdowns and the restrictions and the masks and the distancing, all of those protocols that were put in place to deal with the virus. There was an inherent promise there that the vaccine would protect and immunize and reduce the spread and allow people to get back to normal. You're listening to The Sill Podcast with Peter Noche and Harry Posner. Episode 159, PH Factor. We've got to get out of this place. Breaking out. We gotta get out of this place If it's the last thing we ever do We gotta get out of this place Girl, there's a better life for me and you Oh, the animals. The animals. We got to get out of this place. That's what we're talking about today, Harry. 1960-something, right? I believe it's 65, 66. The British invasion, basically. Right. A lot of people escaped in the 60s through drugs, yeah. rock and roll, through psychedelia and alternative culture, alternative, yeah. right? People went to ashrams and talked to gurus and escaped their normal minds, you know? Mm. Uh, so we're talking about escape today as an idea and as a way of coping with the stresses of the world. Regenerating our energy. Yeah, in one form or another. In one form or another. Although I will say this about the energy issue and about the escape. I think this is kind of dual-sided, and I'll explain what I'm saying. So on the one level, the escape is necessary in order for us to kind of heal, rest up, and change our point of view perhaps because we're tired, exhausted, and so on. But also at the same time, you don't really want to escape your cognizance of what's happening. You want to be aware of everything that's happening around us. And to me, what COVID is doing, it's creating a situation that is really not allowing anyone to escape its grasp. Yeah. No government, whether you're rich or poor, male or female, whatever socioeconomic level you're living at or whatever lifestyle you have, no one is completely unaffected. And it's also virtually impossible unless you cut off all relationships to your technology, your screens, your radios, your TVs. It's impossible otherwise to escape the constant messaging and fear and anxieties being pushed through those media. So people really do feel like I do anyway. Right. I've been trapped in this little box with this constant barrage of audio and visual alarms and alerts and worries pouring into my box, which is my brain. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the escape is trying to escape from 
Not the reality as such, because as you say, you need to at least understand and be connected to it in some way, mm -hmm. but escape from the overwhelm of it. And just yesterday here in Ontario, and we are broadcasting from Canada, so Ontario, one of the provinces in Canada, yep. we received notice mm. of the vaccine passports. Yes. How lovely. What a <laughs> lovely development. I've always longed to live in a two-tiered society in which medical apartheid ruled, and now I've got my wish. Okay, so you've made it very clear by what you just said, uh, which side of the fence you're on, Harry. So I, I just <laughs> want to give you the opportunity, seriously here, I want to give you the opportunity, because I know the effect this had on you when you heard it, even though we knew it was essentially coming, yeah. because they're always prepping us for the next step, so to speak. Right. How do you really feel about this? Well, it may be tangential to what we're talking about in this particular podcast, but I feel many feelings. I feel disgusted. I feel insulted as a citizen. I feel very sad for humanity that they've allowed themselves to be pushed and coerced and frightened into this kind of scenario where people are not divided against each other through discourse and communication, but from on high, from the government. Right. You are now a separate group of people. And I'm not as maybe affected as other people, especially young people sure. who want to go to concerts and bars and all that. Right. I'm an old fogey. I'm not doing much of that stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. But I feel for humanity. I feel for those people who all they're doing is deciding on their own health and their own well-being. Mm -hmm. And because of that, they're being punished. It's not an incentive when you put a vax passport out onto people. It's coercion, plain and simple. That's my feeling. That's your feeling. And what do you say to people who argue the opposite, who say it's necessary to take this action in order to prevent further spread or further problems or elevated levels of infections and so on. I say that I'm in fundamental disagreement with your assumptions as to what is protective of the general population. And okay. that this particular thing, this forced vaccination is not going to be ultimately a protection that's going to save people's lives. Right? Okay. That's, okay. that's what I feel. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm like you and many yeah. others. Having done the research I've done, I've come to my point of view. But we're going to talk about this because in some respects, I have to escape my own point of view. Exactly. Just like those on the pro side need to find a way of escaping their mental habits and their mental confirmation biases. So escape is not limited to just what we're talking about in a broad sense. It's also limited to our way of thinking. Are we escaping from things that we need to face. Yeah, and also escaping from, or let's say realizing our own mental and emotional habits that have gotten really stuck in their own little boxes. Mm -hmm. Even though we might feel strongly that our view is correct, mm -hmm. we're still attached to it in a very powerful way. And to escape that attachment is a challenge. So we're almost like a spaceship trying to reach escape velocity. Yeah. To do that, it takes energy. Mm -hmm. You're right. It takes energy and fuel and determination and intention to escape velocity. And so part of escape for some people, and tragically so, people have escaped into addiction. And at one point in the pandemic last year, looking at the numbers out of Vancouver, Canada, mm -hmm. the number of opioid deaths was higher than the number of COVID deaths mm -hmm. in that city. 
and that the collateral damage in that way is partly because people were trying to escape from the anxiety and the fear and all the crap coming down, and people escape in negative ways as well as positive ways, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things you just said right now, and it's not specific just to that fact, but the meaning of what you just described is the part that stirs my inners in this whole thing, which is that information is either being subdued or censored. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the inability for citizens to get all kinds of differing opinions and information is what I'm fundamentally against. Mm -hmm. I tend not to ask people whether they're vaccinated or not. I don't know if you do or not, but... No, I don't. It's never part of my dialogue. Mm -hmm. I have been asked outwardly by people. Me too. So it seems, that, again, I can't corroborate this 100%, but it appears that it's people who are vaccinated that are much more interested in knowing whether you're vaccinated than the other way around. True. It's the people who are vaccinated that seem to be far more fearful or concerned. And I understand some of the reasons why as well. But there's a certain irony in that because the whole purpose of vaccination is to protect you. Sure. I mean, look, at when the vaccines were promised, what went along with that promise was an escape from, mm -hmm. here's the word escape, escape from the lockdowns and the restrictions and the masks and the distancing, all of those protocols that were put in place to deal with the virus. There was an inherent promise there that the vaccine would protect and immunize and reduce the spread and allow people to get back to normal. Am I correct that that was essentially what was given to us? I believe so, unless we right. both misunderstood. And now we're in a place where that is now shown to be false. People are still having to wear masks. People are still distancing whether they're double vaccinated or not. There are still restrictions. There's now a promise of a lockdown preparing us for the next lockdown, mm -hmm. for the fourth wave fourth here, wave, here yeah. in Ontario, mm -hmm. for the fall. Vaxxed, no vaxxed, it's coming. Mm -hmm. So to escape this stuff, mm -hmm. people like me are planning trips, for example. I'm going to Mexico. I'm becoming one of the bad people who are traveling because the government doesn't want us to travel. Right. Governments don't want us to travel, although we are free to under national and international law. No one can stop us from traveling, mm -hmm. but they're not liking it that we're traveling. So they've put restrictions, having to have a PCR test before you enter a country with possibility of having to quarantine there when you land, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But I've decided to do it even in the face of those restrictions because I need to get away from here. I got to get out of this place. Right. Mexico, as you may know, is very free of restrictions upon entry to the country. And many people will think that's a terrible thing because it could be more dangerous, what have you. But I'm willing to take that chance. Okay, I wasn't aware of that specific detail. There are no quarantines, no PCR tests required. I knew it generally, but not that specifically. Yeah, to arrive there, there are no restrictions. Really? Yes. So many people want to travel there because of that, people are looking for countries and places around the world where the restrictions are less in order to escape the straitjacket of where they're living and to actually breathe and feel a bit more like a normal human being. Mm -hmm. And I didn't choose Mexico for that reason. I have a friend down there who's invited me to come down to work on a project. Okay. And that's why I'm going. It's part business, part pleasure. But there is an escape element for me, for my mental health, actually. And are you planning to fly direct? Yeah, I'm going to fly to Mexico City and from Mexico City to the city I'm going to end up in. Do you anticipate problems? Not going. Coming back, 
there will be border patrol in Canada saying, are you vaccinated? You have to fill out a little app before you arrive mm -hmm. that lets the authorities know where your destination is, your address, your contact information, any symptoms, are you vaccinated, etc. And if you're not vaccinated, essentially they're going to say you have to take a test at the airport. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't have to. You can refuse and take the ticket. There will be a ticket mm -hmm. given of upwards of $5,000. So I'm going to be facing into that, and I'm going to be facing into going to court to fight that ticket. You've already kind of... Uh... Yes, I've determined I won't be taking that test. There is, in fact, a law in Canada, okay. a non-discrimination against genetic testing law, where any citizen can refuse to take a genetic test without their full consent. Right. And the PCR test is a genetic test, as we know. So therefore, I will be refusing that, which is my right, and I will take the ticket. Okay. And I hear that. And I hear that uh, more from people that I work with, some of my clients. I'm finding this all very interesting. And some people say, interesting. What a soft word to be using yeah. in this particular environment. Yeah. Somehow that's my go-to word because I do find it interesting. And maybe because I don't see it quite as bleak, even though I don't like what's going on and it's not serving me either. There's a part of me, I have to admit, that sees this whole COVID situation as something that we almost need to experience. And I don't mean it from a hurt perspective, Yeah. but it seems that we don't pay attention to certain things until we're in these kinds of situations. What things? Be specific, please. Okay. I believe that there's a lot of complacency in our lives because we tend to live lives of relative comfort compared to most yep. parts of the world. We are preoccupied with things which to me are, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be had or shouldn't be part of life, but you can spend an evening with friends, you know, half an hour talking about a kitchen renovation, even though there are some serious problems around this. There are climate issues, there are nuclear issues, there are famine issues, there are wealth disparity issues. And so it's not that I would suggest that we spend our time trying to solve world problems or that there shouldn't be levity and laughter. I think there should be. That's very important. We should be enjoying the arts. We should be having laugh. We should be enjoying our friends and all of that, in my opinion. Sometimes I think we carry the other side too far. We're way too preoccupied with things that, to me, aren't really changing anything in terms of finding the balance. Yeah. It's a way of recalibrating the way we treat the world and our family and friends. Yes. It's put us into that space where we are evaluating our friendships in some way. And I'm not excluding myself from this scenario. Yeah. We sometimes have to be put in difficult situations to realize our true colors. Yeah. People are put in those situations. They're doing, in some respects, what you're saying. And then other people, of course, are just trying to get the hell out in whatever form. They're escaping into Netflix, binging on shows, right, right for example, yeah. which takes their mind away from the fear that's in the atmosphere and all the other terrible things that are happening around the world. Mm -hmm. And as you say, here where we're coddled in a way, we have Netflix we can turn to, where other people don't. So we're privileged in that way. Other people are turning to porn. Other people are turning to nature. Nature, going into their gardens and working in their gardens. Taking right. up playing instruments. Uh, yeah. Even, even what's happening in the workplace. Hmm. People leaving their jobs in record numbers. Yes, that's true. Escaping the trap of working at an occupation that you really don't feel connected to mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. And also people working from home means that people have kind of escaped, if you like, the commute. 
The dreaded dreaded commute that has taken years out of people's lives. How many years do people spend in their cars? Not to mention what it does to the environment. The environment, your mental health, your stress levels. So all of those have meant an escape from many of the common stresses that we feel we have felt pre-COVID. Right. And something else I would add to that whole work situation, and it's actually costing you money to go to work. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So people have saved money. You are the first American officer I've met. Hills, isn't it? Captain Hills, actually. 17 escape attempts. 18, sir. Tunnelman, engineer. Well, we sneak out at night to a spot I found near the wire, a blind spot. Then we dig straight down, three feet. Take the dirt, spread it on top so it won't make a pile, and then straight out. Ives here is a tunnelman, so he digs in front, pushes the dirt behind him, and I stash it behind me. Then we just burrow right through the dirt like a couple of moles. And then by dawn, we're under the wire, across the open space, into the woods, and gone. Uh, no one's ever busted out. No one's ever made it. Since I've been warden, a few people have tried to escape. Uh, most of them have been recaptured. Those that haven't have been killed. I may have found a way out of here. No one has ever escaped from Alcatraz. I'm in. Escape is a funny thing because we actually are very interested in escape as an idea, as a story, as a theme. Think of all the great films that are escape films. Escape from Alcatraz, Clint Eastwood. The Great Escape. The Great Escape, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, right. We're fascinated with stories of people who are trapped Mm-hmm. and who then get out of this trap. Escape from L.A. was another one. Well, right? because it's basically a metaphor for living, isn't it? Yeah. And one of my favorite escape stories was a Twilight Zone episode. Oh. I just love this episode. Picture this. Inside this cylinder of a room, cylindrical mm-hmm. room, mm-hmm. with sides that go up forever and nothing else in the room, all we see is a ballerina there's a colonel, there's a clown. There are all these characters. Human characters. Characters. And they don't know how they got there. And they're trying to figure this out and, and how to get out of this place. They got to get out of this place. So they come up with this idea towards the end of the episode where if we climb on each other's shoulders, we can make this ladder all the way to the top because they can see a little bit of light up there. So they managed to do this. And the lightest one was the ballerina. So she's the one who climbs up all the other bodies to the very, very top of the room. And suddenly now you're outside. It's wintertime. There's a Santa Claus and he's standing beside a big oil drum and a little doll falls outside the oil drum and falls into the snow. And it's a ballerina. Ah. In the snow. Beautiful. I love it. Now talk about drawing a parallel. A bunch of people not knowing where they are, trying to get out of the situation that they're in, climbing on each other's shoulders, supporting one another Mm. in order to move to a better place. Does that sound like we're going through that right now? It sounds a hell of a lot like we're a bunch of dolls trapped in a cylinder. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so you know, escape as a theme is fascinating for us, and it's in books and all over the place. Yeah, and I do think that the word escape itself tends to have a negative connotation. Yeah. So what we're talking about, there are different types of escape. There's escape from reality. There's escape in the form of denial of self or situation that you're in. But there's also escape in the sense that it's a balancing part, a coping mechanism, which helps us re-energize and refocus on the things that we need to do. Or the things that we would like to do. Right. Because to escape, before you can escape, 
you have to have the idea that you're in a kind of prison. You have to realize you're trapped and how you're trapped and then devise a plan as a good escape artist would mm -hmm. and get the energy and the intention and then do it. This is the kind of thing we're facing. I have a friend who left the country to go to a spa in another country to regain their physical health and their mental health. Right. People are right. going to spiritual retreats and meditating more. Right? And we personally know a couple of people who have sold everything and moving out of province. Yeah, to a place that's a bit quieter in its atmosphere. Far less expensive. Less stressful, less expensive, and have started a new chapter in their lives, mm -hmm. right? To escape from where they've been. And part of that, because I was speaking to the fellow that we're talking about, is also understanding that some of that has come about from the fracture that has been created by COVID or the COVID situation, whereby friends, family, divisions being drawn in all these areas that were previously fairly sheltered. And now all of us are beginning to realize that even our friendships are being threatened, as are some of our family relationships, because this is dividing brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers. In fact, uh, the other day, I was talking to someone who was asking me my opinion on something, and they told me that they were about to engage in a social event with a couple of whom the wife was vaccinated and the husband was not. Well, I know of a family whose mother and daughter are vaxxed and whose father and son are not. And they claim that they've managed to find a balance and a way of communicating where they can actually live with that. Sure. And that's extraordinary when you think about well, it. Well, I don't only think it's extraordinary. I think it's important to go there if you want to preserve yeah. the essence of the most important relationships in your life. You want to try and save those relationships that are lifelong and give you that harbor during difficult times. Yeah. And this escape thing that we're talking about, maybe we need to look at that more seriously in terms of maybe we need to get away from things in order to preserve ultimately these relationships. Yeah. Or... Not. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. In other words, this time is giving people a chance to evaluate their relationships. Yes. And as to whether they really want to be in them and feel copacetic with the other partner. Because people have lived together for many years, but haven't really connected in a way and don't really know each other. And this period has brought our inner character out. Yes. And so now our partners are seeing who we really are and vice versa. And there may be instances where people decide to escape that relationship and go on to another. And sometimes by escaping that, you can actually return to as well. Now, say more. What I mean by this is sometimes because of the things you discussed, where we get caught in a particular flow or situation that we've been in for 15, 20, 30, 40 years, we've never given ourselves permission to leave that particular environment or system. Yeah. The situation being caused by the duress and sickness and so on created by COVID has caused many of us to re-examine and sometimes... By breaking the old patterns, inevitably one person shifts more than the other, which causes the other person to either shift or it breaks. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that can actually work and bring you back together again. Yeah, sure. There are so many different scenarios in that couple that we talked about moving out to another province. Part of that also came about because they realized that apart from all the other things that we discussed, that certain relationships were ending 
and certain other relationships were developing. So they were no longer tethered. Right. To this place. To this place. Yeah. And so saw another opportunity. Now, the jury's still out as to what things will look like one, two, three, five years from now. Right. But all of this has been brought about by the circumstances that we find ourselves in over the last 18 months, yes. or at least it's been the catalyst. I'm not saying that these things didn't exist before they did. So when people ask me, what is it that you see so positive about this? Sometimes people look at me like I'm some strange egg. And you are a strange I am egg. strange egg. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, that's the positive that I see. Now, oftentimes when people talk about positive and negative, they also associate pain with negativity. Maybe I'm strange in that way too. I don't yeah, see I don't see all pain as negative. Some pain I see as necessary. Do I want to go there? No. Would I rather figure things out without the pain? Absolutely. But sometimes it's the pain that gets us there. I get it. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I think the most important aspect of escape really at this point in our human evolution on this planet is the mental one. Mm -hmm. Not so much physical. You can change relationships. You can move to another country. You're still bragging yourself along. Right? Exactly. So I think finding ways of escaping from our normal patterns, our normal habits in ways of thinking and acting and speaking, it's an opportunity now. I'll give you an example of how this could happen. I had a spiritual teacher many years ago, and he had a group of us together. He said, we're going to do a little experiment. It's called Meta Theater. Mm. We're going to go to a bar where there's dancing and music, and I want you to assume a character very different from your normal character. Okay. Okay. I want you to dress like this person. I want you to start talking like they would talk and acting like they would act. And I want you to keep that up for the three hours that we're there at this bar. We're all going to go. And so we all chose a character. I'm this sort of mild-mannered, pretty even-tempered guy, you know, pretty artsy-fartsy and stuff. So I went as a kind of a crass businessman, cigar-smoking guy, suit, pretty base kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And I did that and spent three hours inside the clothing of that character. And it was astounding in a way. I was actually able to do it, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, I learned stuff that evening from the way people interacted with me and talked to me and the way I talked and the way I danced. I danced like this character would dance too, kind of weirdly, <laughs> badly. But it was a great exercise in telling me that I can step out of my skin. I don't have to act in the same way all the time. Mm. I can act like this guy might act in a certain situation. I can draw upon that. There are other aspects to myself that are very fruitful and very fecund, if I can use that yeah, word, yeah. in any situation that could emerge. And so my trip to Mexico, I'm going to have to draw upon another part of me that I haven't drawn upon for a long time, right. which is the person who stands up to authority mm -hmm. and says, no, not going along with this. If you need to find me or punish me, go right ahead. I'll take it and I'll fight it. That's not something that I've had to do in right. a long, long time. So I think we can do it. We can escape our usual bad habits of thinking and try to break down the synapses that are forming the architecture of our neurology in our brains. Start to loosen that, folks. We break, have to escape. Break the patterns. Yeah, break those patterns. We have to escape those neurological patterns and be different in the world because the world is being different to us now yes. and will be different. Mm -hmm. We have to be different as well. 
And speaking of which, again, just getting back to the COVID situation quickly, that's the other thing that I feel about this is we're taking this approach of eradication and I take more of the approach of get used to it. <laughs> this isn't yeah, something oh, that's yeah. going to go away. Yeah. This is something we need to adapt to. And what you just talked about with the theatrical example was really an exercise in learning to be adaptable. Yeah, right. Because we can't escape the virus. Authorities are now coming to that place yes. where they're saying we're all going to get it. Get used to it. Right. And we don't know what the final situation will be. But again, it's how you view even the idea or the word escape. Mm -hmm. Right. If you give it a negative connotation, it's going to be far more burdensome than if you give it the connotation of release. Yeah, maybe that's a better word to use, release or shift or something like that. Yeah. So it doesn't have the same connotation. Be like water, my friend. Be like water, my friend. <laughs> Move and escape and flow and shift. Yeah, yeah Aikido, right? The energy coming towards yes. you, you deflect it off in a different you direction. You use the energy coming against you against it. Correct, correct. Mm. So we should all become martial artists. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, grasshopper. Escape to the dojo. <laughs> and uh, learn how to kick some head. <laughs> Boot to the head. Toosh. There you go. Should we go back to the song? We're at the door. We're turning the handle. We're opening the door. <laughs> We're planning on leaving. We're out of here. I'm trying to escape, folks. Here we go. Here we go. We, we gotta get out of this place. If it's the last thing we ever do. We gotta get out of this place Girl, there's a better life for me and you Oh yeah Ciao, Harry Ciao, Peter The Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production Available at thesillpodcast.com Thank you for your donation to the SIL podcast.